Welcome to The Black Athlete, a podcast where we put the past into the present of black sports. I'm Lewis Moore. I'm Derek White. We're sports historians here to give you the historical context for contemporary black athletes. And welcome back to The Black Athlete. I'm Lewis Moore, author of I Fight for a Living and We Will Win the Day. I'm Derek White, author of uh, the challenge of blackness and blood, sweat, and tears. Jay Gaither, Florida A and M, and the history of black college football. How are you doing, sir? Oh my gosh, Sur- surviving so far. Sipping on a little reserve, uh, <laughs> trying to hope that it, if I got something, it kills it. Uh, and then what else? Trying to get my classes online. I think I'm done. What? Sorry. Yeah. First, before we do anything, let me apologize to our listeners. We haven't been on because because things got hectic and and trying to get three classes online has just been a just been a pain. And then dealing with the kids are at home, so there's no absolute no free time. My kids are are actually upstairs right now making a lot of noise. And then my students' life has gone to to hell, right? And so so everything has been like really hard. But but we are back. Yes, we are, man. And I could tell you one thing. Um, it's been a challenge, dude. This is going online in the middle of the semester uh, is not for the birds. It's not my tup- cup of tea. Um, I had never taught online. And so it was a huge adjustment. And then you got a week to do it. Um, so it's been a challenge. Plus, I just, you know, as, as you heard, probably in one of the earlier podcasts we did this year, I just moved to Kentucky. So, you know, I was starting a new class at a new institution and then trying to figure out how to move everything online. It's been a challenge. I'll tell you that, but everything's good. My kids are adjusting, I guess, and they're outside. Uh, and so at least it's not snowing, I guess that's the positive. Oh gosh. Yeah. It was 60 today. Well, it's raining now. It was 60. So no, we've been, you know, I'm, I'm like the principal and the professor, you know what I mean? Like my wife actually has a real, real job. And so she's like, she she bought <laughs> stuff and created an office in the room. I have an office in the basement, but it's just a mess. And the kids are down here playing video games. But, you know, it's like I have to, like, do the school and then do my school. Uh, but you said you guys got a week. We got, like, like two days, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, oh. And I'm like, oh, my God. And then um, now we're shut down, right? So, like, we got two days. And then I think about a week and a half later is, like, the whole – School is shut down, so I can't even get anything, right? So it's not, yeah. My books, majority of my stuff are in my office locked away. I don't even know if I took out my trash before I left. Um, <laughs> that's gonna, oh, I made that I, one mistake. It must have been when well, my kids were still in diapers, so I don't know how long ago. Like at the end of summer school, I, um, you know, I changed my kids' diaper in, in my office and I completely forgot to throw it away. Oh. I came back at the end of summer. Oh man, man! No, I was like, "Ooh, I had to keep that door open for like just." And I didn't, you know, it's the first week of school. And my office smells. I was like, "Oh gosh!" So, <laughs> so make sure you guys throw out, throw out your trash, throw out your oh, trash. Oh, I'm pretty sure I didn't do that, but we we got lucky only because the last like they were like, "Oh, we were heading into spring break," so they like got spring break. We're gonna take two weeks. I told my students the the last class before spring break, it was like, it's nice seeing y'all face to face. This is going to be our last class. The way you, know, you could just right. see in the tea leaves that we weren't coming back. And they thought, why do you, you know, why do you think that? And I was like, cause young people make bad decisions on spring break. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, we were, um, 
we had just came back from spring break. And, and so we're like two days in, I'm a Monday, Wednesday, Friday schedule. And I'm thinking like, why did they even let us come back? Like, this is the worst. Cause yeah. half the kids were like in Florida, they were going to, you know, they were going to places and now they're back. We're in these like confined spaces. Like, I don't even want to be here. Uh-huh. Um, but then as soon as, so that day we shut down in the evening, but that morning Michigan state was closed. So you're going into your class knowing that this is it, right? <laughs> so the time is spent like, okay, what do you guys need me to do? How do I go online? What's the worst, you know, what works best for you? And then like some of the students are online looking at like where to get cheap flights, right? And they're like, oh, we get to California for a hundred bucks. It's like, guys, you guys, you can't, you're not invincible. Cause at that point, they honestly thought they're young, right? right. And they can't get sick. And I'm trying to tell them, no, like you guys shouldn't do this. You're going to get sick. So. But this, know you know, we, we just turned into parents, though. That's all that was, right? right. Like, you know, right. like if you had told us at, at like, you know, 22 that we weren't invincible, that we'd have been like, whatever, like I can get to, I can go to Cali for a hundred dollars. What? Yeah. Like, right. you know, I'm gone. Yeah. Um, I'm not doing this online work. Yeah. No. So I get it. Um, and then, of course, you know, the irony is for everyone, I guess, is that the end of the, when the NBA season called a hiatus, that meant every that was serious. So it's a, you know the irony is that it took sports for the entire right. nature to take this very seriously, right? Like um, it was crazy, yeah. like because there were like two games in the Big Ten tournament, right? <laughs> there was well, everything was that was the day when the the day the NBA shut down. That was the day we shut down too, right? Well, yeah. we shut down until the 29th, but that was the day, um, and I just knew it, like it's over, right? And it was just one person then it was two people but then you start thinking like it's the fans it's i have a tweet out that uh that night i'm watching the game doris burke is calling the game it's like i can't believe she's still there there's no way she wants to get there right right and then you see like the pelicans making the power move um i don't know if you're watching because the pelicans were supposed to play the kings that night yeah and they refused to come out in the locker room and I was like, okay, that's a power move, right? Because they're like, no, we're not even playing. Like they canceled the games uh, for tomorrow, right. but you got to finish tonight. Like none of that made any sense, right? Like no, no, yeah. Right. But it was so, cascading, you know. what I mean, it was like the NBA made that call, and it was crazy because, like, in one of the basketball tournament, like the Big East tournament, played a half, right? They played yeah, a half. Dumb. Right. They played a whole like a half, and then they like, oh, we canceling the game. Like it was crazy. Like. You know, it was it was bananas because you know the NCAA tournament. I mean, obviously, I'm in basketball country now in Lexington, Kentucky. So everybody's getting ramped up. I had people who, I you know, I went to high school with had already bought tickets to go to Nashville to watch the tournament, the SEC wow. tournament. Like they, you know, it was like people were planning, students were planning on going to the SEC tournament, right? Like it was no thing, right? And they were like, "Yo, I'm leaving out on Thursday or whatever, like our last day of class." And I was like, "Uh, you know." that but one one thing we see and, and we'll kind of redirect this back to to our kind of post-covid world conversation is with the ncaa in that decision and uh the ncaa now like football wise they're gonna figure out any way they can to exploit these bodies right and 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 for us we see it as most of these bodies are black bodies so the fact that the ncaa tournament took so long Right, it might have only been like a week. I don't even know like how long it's been, right? Yeah, because I mean, they they were last, right? They were last because they're like, how can we? Is there a way that we can get the most money possible out of these guys? And and to me, that's the grossest thing, right? Because here you have this exploited cheat labor. Colleges are shutting down all over the place, <laughs> and the NCA is still actively thinking about 
right? How do we exploit these athletes, right? And it's got to be exploitation because we know it's a billion dollar business, right? And so they're like, I'm not, I'm not losing this money. And, and I don't care about this 18 year old, 19 year old kid until they finally couldn't. Yeah. And then we see this, what, two days ago with uh, Oklahoma State's guy, right? Mm-hmm. Grundy, Gundy. Yes. Gundy, Grundy with the, with the mullet. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And that was, I say two days ago, that might've been yesterday, uh, um, where he's just like, we're going to play, right? We're going to make yeah. it and we should quarantine these players. They won't get sick. You see it with Dabo. We're going to be here. And to me, I just see white coaches, majority black players, white coaches making millions of dollars, majority black players making nothing. And these coaches just see the dollar signs, right? They just see, I'm just going to be this tough, you know, Clint Eastwood white guy, and we're going to kick COVID in the mouth, right? <laughs> you know what's interesting in both of those cases um, is neither one of them said anything about academics. No, right, right. right? Like, so like this whole mythos of a student athlete, you know, like, oh, we, our kids, are, you know, the, when they get pressed into the corner, they talk about how good of students they are and their graduation right. rates. Like, n- at no point did they they express an ounce of concern about what their academic circumstances are going to be like. Like, you take a school like Clemson, right? Right. These kids, even if they're on scholarship, they're at home. And I suspect that, you know, being on a full ride at Clemson means you get a computer and an iPad and these kinds of things. So they have the technology, but get there's no food, but yeah. they don't, there's no guarantee yeah. they got food at home. There's no guarantee they right. got Wi-Fi. There's a, there's a lot of things that are like, you know, we know the circumstances that some of these kids are coming out of. Like none of that's part of the discussion. Right. Like, you know, that first and foremost, the first thing out their mouth, the first commentary is like, oh, we're going to win. We got to get them back. We got to do this. And it was never about like, we need to get them back so we can make sure that, that you know, we've got 10% of our kids need regular food. You know what I mean? Like, there, right, there right. was a way to spin it that sounded, would have sounded humanitarian at least. Right, <laughs> right. I would have fell for that. Right. Like, oh, oh, they're just going to feed them. Gonna <laughs> okay, feed them. all right. I mean, That's yeah. why they want them back early, not to put not. them through a two a day in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> they just want to feed them. But right. at least yeah. they would have been a cut. Like, at least to me, like, at least if you're going to, you know, play the role, right? Like, at least give us the right. lie. Right. Like, don't give me the like, try to, you know, lie a little bit. Um, Yeah. And I think that, you know, I think that that's the thing. I think what's going to interesting, it's going to be an interesting conversation to be had. Right. That it there are already discussions. Uh, The Iowa State athletic director has said that he feels uh, that there's less than a 50 percent chance that college football is going to happen this fall. Right. Wow. Um, he's really one of the only ones who said this alarmed, but I know for a fact that ADs across the country are already preparing for what to do if we don't have fall football. And, you know, for some schools and for, for division one sports, this means their entire athletic budget is up in the air. Oh, it's gone. Right. You know, it's like, um, and I guess the question that this is going to raise is not just, the the exploitation of these players in terms of uh, uh in terms of you know them not being paid and the kind of millions of dollars that these power five coaches are making for revenue generating sports but it also calls into question of what the role of the university is supposed to be you know we're both college professors right and we will be asked in the coming months to not get a raise at, at Brown, an Ivy League institution with 
an $8 billion endowment has already announced that they're freezing hiring, that they are freezing raises, uh, and that anybody who's uh, making more than $50,000 not getting a raise this year, right? Like, that's what they've already yeah. announced, right. right? At the University of Kentucky, we've announced, you know, hiring freezes, and we haven't gone as far as Brown has yet. But that's a discussion. I'm sure there's similar discussions at your school. So how do we justify paying someone millions oh, of dollars yeah. to not coach? Nine million. Yeah. Ten million. Yeah. To not. That's but that that's the that's the interesting thing. Right. They'll figure it out and they'll just tell you that money comes from somewhere else. Right. It's always the thing I noticed. I realized that being on a university. Whenever you question the money, you always they always tell you it comes from someone else, right? Whenever right. they want to, whenever they want to question the money, it comes from the students. We can't do this, right? Right. That's student dollars. But when you question the money, they're like, "Oh, that they got a separate fund for that. Don't worry about that." So I don't they'll spin it that way. But you're right, right? And I think the other point to this too is is I had um, tweeted this out the other day, and, and I really believe this that. That they're looking at, let's say football is canceled, and you know it's canceled months in advance. These schools are now looking at, like these top division schools are looking at, like if we're talking football, there's 60 guys. They just, they wouldn't have their, you know, right? If they weren't football players, they wouldn't have them on campus. They don't want them on campus, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm, I'm wondering what the dynamics of that's going to be, like where you essentially have 85 red shirts and, you know, right? Where, right. where you, and some of these guys, they, they, they only bring them in because of their athletic, athletic skills, talent. right? And yeah. and they only want them and they'll tolerate them because of their athletic talent, right? We know what it's like to be um, you know, a black student on a campus at a PWI, especially mm-hmm. I'm sure in the South, it's got to be even, you know, the magnified to what, you know, students out here in the Midwest go through. But, but that, I think that's another interesting dynamic to this, right? Where s- schools are faced with their you know, they're, they have 85 scholarship players and if they're not playing, right. And also they're, they've already invested all this money, right. There's, there's tons of money that goes into to football, hoping that you get that 50 million, 60 million back. Right. Yeah. Um, if that's gone and they know that's gone in advance, it's going to be interesting uh, to see what decisions these schools make. The other issue with that is, is that most schools, I'm sure Grand Valley state is, is included but most schools also have a student athletic fee, student activities fee from the, that students are paying money into, you know, into the athletic budget every year. Right. right. Uh, and so how do we justify that when they're taking online courses or how do we justify that when they're not going to go to games? How do we you know, like so it's yeah. not that they're just going to lose TV money. They're not going to just lose conference money. They're also going to they're potentially going to lose student revenue money because like we as you know, the university side is like, we trying to keep enrollments up. So if that means we got to cut this student athletic, you know, the student activity fee, a hundred dollars a term to be a little cheaper for students, then we're going to do that. Cause there's no, cause there's no sports to keep yeah. open. You but they're not going to do that. Yeah. They're not going to, they're not cutting anything for students. <laughs> like I don't, that's the, the hard there. I don't know. Whoever the financial person at school has got a tough job right now because they know people aren't going to be back, right? They know there's mm-hmm. going to be a lot of changes, and 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 also like I don't know what your school looks like. We got a lot of new buildings, right? We got bills yeah. to pay, and and the I hope nobody from our school is listening. But the hardest part about being on this side of things, right? Being the professor is as a student, you didn't realize that that part of the school is about 
dollars, right? You just mm-hmm. thought this university is running. We're, we don't get a lot of state funding. Um, we're, mm-hmm. we're more, we're a public school that's more private than public when it comes to funding, right? Mm-hmm. So that, those dollars are going to cut off and the state doesn't fund us anyway. And so you, you know, you realize that s- universities look at these students as dollars coming in, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so it's going to, like I said, it's going to be interesting to see what, what decisions they make. Um, because, you know, students are going to complain that, you know, you, you hear students now that they feel like they didn't, they didn't get a fair shake this half, right? So they've yeah. paid for the school year and they're not getting their school year. Now I know that some students have been reimbursed on their food monies and, and rent mm-hmm. and stuff like that, but still this is going to be, nothing's going to be normal again, right? Like, I don't even know eventually if we'll be working or, and you know, how that's going to work out. Right. So. Please buy my books, everybody. I got to eat. Uh, yeah, <laughs> buy the books. You got time to read them this time, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh my gosh, yeah. So yeah, I think I think that the other piece is, is, and I think you hit the nail on the head in a lot of different ways. Everybody's got new buildings. Um, you know, I think the other issue that's going to be interesting to, for us to watch in the field of higher education more broadly is, is that we're going to see a bunch of schools close because of this. You know, we've already seen there's a small school in Illinois, McMurray, I think it was, that 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 announced that it's closing in May. Everybody lost their job because uh, they have no money. And so I think these small schools and for, you know, for me, who does work on historically black colleges, those schools are particularly vulnerable as they are like, you know, tuition dependent um, mm-hmm. and they require, you know, particular kinds of, you know, federal monies, pale grants, et cetera. Um, and if students aren't coming and aren't enrolled, you know, they may, they're, they're, they're particularly bone, especially the small church schools, church sponsored schools. Um, you know, I, I'm actually very worried that we're going to see, you know, a lot of contraction and this has been going on in our field, which is not what we talk about normally on this podcast, but there's a sports angle here is that like, you know, these are schools that we think of that have historically produced, you know, the leading intellectuals of, of black America, what we write about, you know, schools like Fisk, and Johnson C. Smith and St. Augustine and those schools, Bennett, you know, we talked, we just say Bennett College um, a couple of years ago. And so right. we're talking about schools like Wilberforce in Ohio, right? Like these are classic schools that have, 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 you know, strong sports traditions that I talk a little bit about in my book, but they also just have, they've made tremendous contributions. And um, this, this, this pandemic is going to put them on the edge if they're not already over. So, right. But I want to change gears real quick. I want to hear what you thought. Change them. Oh, change yes, the gear because I mean we're still going to talk about race and sports. But you know we've got these coaches, right? You brought up uh, Gundy, and you talked about Dabo. Yeah. And you know the thing that um, I was actually most interested in watching this year is watching Mike Leach at Mississippi State uh, in the SEC. Now that I'm in the SEC. And, and was curious to see how he would do uh, with the intense, uh, the additional scrutiny that comes with being in the SEC. Right. Um, and he has made a <laughs> uh, career as a, you know, a, a, you know, on the football side, a very much a controversial genius, uh, offensive genius with his uh, air raid offense. Um, but he's also been in tiny media markets at Texas Tech. Um, he was at, uh, Pullman Washington, State, right? Washington, Washington, State, yeah. Washington state out in Pullman. 
And now he's going to get this intensity. And so Starkville is not a major media market, but the SEC has its own thing. And you and I both know that SEC football is America's football. (laughs) Right. And we watched already where Mike Leach is uh, kind of no-holds-barred style has gotten him in trouble and the season hasn't started. We're not even playing. We ain't got people on campus. Uh, as he tweeted out a picture, a meme that I'm sure he found in some corner of the internet that he thought right, was funny. Right. Cause uh, where else can you find that? Yeah. Uh, of a woman who was uh, knitting uh, a new scarf for her husband after being quarantined. And the scarf was a noose. Uh, the original picture was, a, a PSA actually from uh, Germany, I think it was from Germany or Israel, uh, to encourage people to not ha- not you know try to to reduce suicide among the elderly or whatever. That's where the picture came from. But it came in this meme, and he tweets it out. And the thing that was most stark about this, of course, it was a terrible you know given America's history of lynching, and then on top of that, you now work in the great state of Mississippi. Yeah. Um, is that his players, his black players are like, what the heck are you doing? Like commenting right. on the commenting on the thing before it was deleted. Um, you know, what, you know, what is this, what, you know, what, we talk about race and sports and is this, you know, you know, and I saw a lot of people giving Leach a pass and, and, you know, what should we do? How? Yeah. Is this what I'm, this is what gets me right. Because I think the AD comes out and protects him like he needs some racial training. What You know, like this whole idea. And I'm like, wait a minute. This guy was in Texas. Like, it's not like this is his <laughs> person. And even if you weren't in Texas, like, there's one thing that Americans know is like lynching is like, you know, you say something about lynching, you, you reference lynching. You better know what you're doing, right? And we saw it. Uh, months ago with with Trump and the impeachment and they're saying this is a high-tech lynching. We've seen it with Clarence Thomas and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But you can't like like you there's no excuse to say you don't know. You're grown, you're I can't say it, I just said ass, but you're a grown man, right? Like <laughs> you're an adult and you grew up. How old is he? He grew up, right? Like well, at a I time mean, where he knows this. The irony is that he taught at I mean he taught he, coached, he was in Kentucky, wasn't he? He coached at he coached at Kentucky, he coached at Valdosta State in Georgia. So it's not his first foray in the South. So he clearly doesn't need any training on how the Southern mores, right? Like um, he's he's a cat who, um, you know, he transgressed the line quite often, right? Um, and in fact, you know, this is inside baseball, right? But, uh, uh, you know, several years ago when Maryland was looking for a head coach, those who know who've been, who, you know, our devoted listeners to the pod know I'm a devoted Maryland alum. Uh, he was a finalist, one of the people that we interviewed for the job. And the AD at the time was uncomfortable with uh, Leach's cavalier style and was worried what he would do in the DC area. Oh, right? yeah. <laughs> and the, and the D and the coach was, you know, the AD at the time was a, a we had a black AD um and he was just uncomfortable and he took you know he took a lot of heat because he hired randy etzel who was an absolutely terrible uh terrible coach for us at the university of maryland um but mike leach with everybody's like you know one of the things you see amongst fans is like oh we could have had mike leach that could have been us and i'm like he'd have been in the washington post like every other week saying something you know something bad and we you know what i mean like 
that's the thing. But there's a recruiting angle here, right? Like, you know, how does he get a recruit? How do you as a black parent be like, yo, this guy's comfortable tweeting out stuff? No, you can't. Right. That's well, comfortable, but it's it's a combination of comfortable and then ignorant, right? This idea and combination of those do comfortable, ignorant, and then not even seeing your own players, right? In the in the sense that you gotta you've been around black players your whole life, right? You don't get up to this level of mm-hmm. culture without being on black your players being black majority. I don't care where you've coached. That's just the nature of it. And to and and in 2020, right, to be this this far deep in your career, to think that a lynching, right, meme, right, and not to put to tweet out a lynching meme and not even think about your players, right? Yeah. It's crazy to me. It just just shows how really self-centered, how arrogant he is and and it's and and I think it's even worse because we know his politics too, right? Like, yes. it's just, and it's, well, it's, and, and he's never it's been fireable to me. Yeah. No, he's said. never been right. a player's guy either, right? Like, he's never right. been a guy, you never got to see. locks him in closets, yes, and gets yeah. fired for that. Right. Yes. Yeah. You never seen a guy, he's a guy who throws his kids under the bus. You know, he's never a guy who says, you know, we could have coached better today. You know, he's, you know, like he's often the guy who is like, you know, we called up all the right plays and the kids dropped the ball. You know what I mean? Like, and, and I, to me, you know, it's a risk reward. You always, kids are thinking about, they're trying to make very, I think, rational decisions to help them for their future, get into the league and whatever. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out, especially because Old Miss has hired Lane Kiffin, who, uh, as we all know, has been fired from a number of jobs before he uh, guy falls up. Yeah. But, but until he revived his career, my other first job, uh, Florida Atlantic university. Uh, and, but he will absolutely use that against Mike Leach every chance he gets. Oh yeah. Cause yeah, he, he no is way. not above, uh, above playing dirty in the recruiting game. Uh, and so it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Um, I mean, it may not matter because we have, will have forgot about it by next week because we've, mm lost I track of, yeah like because we lost week track will be like two months but still yeah because we've lost track of time yeah, but right, um right. yeah can no. i just add something real quick yeah because like, i said it's fireable but look i'm at a school where we hired an offensive coordinator and three days later you know he got let go essentially right because he said you know the student was asking him these questions like three people you want to sit down with uh, dinner with and talk and the guy says hitler right yeah like and he was gone Right. There was no because part of it, you're not the head coach, you're the OC, but there's no there's no getting around it, right? The 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 students were mad, the faculty were mad, the media was there. And the question, I think what got them is you won't be able to recruit, right? And I think ultimately, right, that's what it comes down to these schools. Because for them, it's just a business. It's not really caring about, you know, race or anything like that or no. or uh, what well, you know that that deep and painful history in Mississippi is really can we recruit after this right and and if the school deems that they'll be able to recruit after this then then he's got his job but if they say you know what we're not gonna be able to recruit then he's gone um, and that's the sad part of it like it's only gonna come down to 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 recruiting oh absolutely it's gonna be recruiting and it's gonna be wins and losses right like I mean that's the those are the only thing that matter right like that of this kind of social the stuff that we talk about on this podcast and the things that we care about are not at the forefront of, of most athletic directors um, or, and coaches um, uh, mind, especially in these, at these power five institutions. Uh, and I'll add even another layer, especially in, 
you know, some of these elite programs. And we've seen this. I think this Dabo's kind of like, yeah, rah, rah, kind of optimism and and Gundy's over over the top. Like these kids need to come back. They'll live through it. Um, and now we got this guy tweeting out memes with nooses uh, is uber problematic uh, right. when it's actually easy to say nothing at this time. Like, yeah. Like, Stay the, safe. Like to Stay me, home. Like, like there's a there's a script to follow. Like hey, social we, distancing. Yeah, yeah. Like it's just like look, we we you know, we we're look we would look we looking forward to the season if it, if and when we get the okay, but we're not gonna jeopardize our kid. Like to me, you don't need yeah. any media training to say that. No. no. <laughs> um we have it, we're almost at 30, but I, I before we get off, I want to talk about your boy Rex Ryan. Cause I, oh, I, I gosh, tweeted yeah. out, uh, he, you know, for those who, who may have missed this, I don't know how it was a week ago. Now he said, uh, he called, uh, who does he call a turd? Who was it? Um, uh, um, Cooper. Oh, Mark Mario Cooper. Cooper. Yeah. He's like, he wouldn't give him that, that turd a hundred million dollars. And it's interesting. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, I, I, I tweeted after it. You, I think you retweeted it. And I was like, Wings, we got to fire up the pod. And so here we are. So I don't want to miss us discussing right. that. But it's such laden with racial overtones. Again, it wasn't explicitly right. racial. He's basically saying he's not worth X amount. But it's hard to tell where bombast starts in the in the sports world, which is in, especially in the media part where it pays to be Colin Cowherd or it pays to be Skip Bayless. Um, it pays to be Jason Whitlock, right? To be controversial, right. and it and it's also unclear where uh, that controversy uh, bleeds into uh, their own personal kind of racial feelings, um, mm-hmm. especially given that Rex Ryan has 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 been on the stump for the current president. Oh yeah. Yeah, on the yeah, like not just was, like not yeah. like I like I voted for him and I made a donated right. money in my own private as an individual citizen. I, you know, there's a critique of that, but like that's not, you know. But he's out in front as a spokesperson at one of these right. rallies, and right, and and it's funny because now we're looking at, you know, in the context of Jamel Hill, right, <laughs> getting yeah. fired, Bomani losing his show. Right. Like, I think this is an interesting kind of dynamic where we've got these smart black folks who are talking about race. Right. They don't want to hear that. In in a nuanced fashion and a knowledgeable and nuanced fashion versus this guy who gets to stump for Trump and then gets to call a guy who made a hundred million dollars a turd. Like my argument is always the same. Like someone paid Rex Ryan to go seven and nine a bunch of times. Right. Well, to me, like the only thing reason why he's on TV is because he's that he he plays the role of the tough white guy, right? And I think America loves. We, I mean, we brought up. I brought up Clint Eastwood earlier, but America loves that tough white guy, right? It's it's that tough white guy that this is going to knock COVID in the mouth or something like that, and everyone's going to be saved, right? It's in every movie, right? But he he plays that role, and he's he had like a good season, right? He had a couple good. I mean, he had a all pro you know, secondary, you know, Hall of Famer, you know, and, and Revis. And yeah. And then today he was on TV blaming Geno Smith. Right. And yeah. I'm like, okay, whatever. But it's like, he played the way he did it. This is what got me. Cause he played the, you know, the tough white guy role. And then it's just in these kind of tropes about the black athlete as being lazy, not playing when they're hurt. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's this like 1968, the year, what the year, the, the black athlete look, um, 
when Sports Illustrated did that five part series and one of them was on the stereotypes of him just being injured and lazy. Mm-hmm. It's just like that, right? Like, right. like, like this is, this is the dynamic he set up. And then what made it worse is that ESPN like ran with it. We know because they tweeted it out. Right. Yeah. So that was like, they're okay with this guy calling this other human a turd. Right. right. And this is, and that's that whole, we're in this age of Trump and we're just going to just disrespect people like that. It's like, there's no way you're right. Cause he wants a hundred million dollars, but you know, there's no way that, that, that shit that flies, right. You're not, you know what I mean? Like just, and what makes it worse is that ESPN doesn't see it, right. They don't see it for what it is. Cause they're just so comfortable in it. Right. So what he doesn't do is, is, you know, he is, gets to be like race neutral. Right. right. Whereas the moment someone like a Bomani opens his mouth or Jamel, when she worked there, opened her mouth, that wasn't race neutral. Right? right. That was just, that was the race card. And that's, what's frustrating to me about that. And and I hear your drinks are clinking. Like, what are you drinking? Sorry. Right my bad. My bad. I wasn't supposed to be doing that on the air. This, that's all right. That's all right. What are you drinking? Uh, I'm enjoying Kentucky's finest uh, bourbon. It's a, we're okay. in a pandemic and the liquor, yeah, yeah. And the liquor it kills stores, it. It kills it. it. Yeah. Yeah. It kills it. And his yeah, liquor stores are still it. open. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. So I guess that, <laughs> that is my rant. That is my rant uh, on that. But no, I, I had the Woodrow Reserve that you sent me and I, I, I sipped on it this whole, um, this whole show. Like, so I'm good. I'm and now I'm about to go eat a Chaco taco um, that I bought yeah. that I risked my life to buy from the uh, ice cream man that, there's no way that ice cream man, the ice cream man woman, was licensed to be out there. It can't, it can't be. You risked it all. I risked it all. Ah, oh, my kids wanted the ice cream man, so I, I did hand the, her the money, and I was, I dealt with all the money, and then, um, I, uh, we caught the ice cream person on the bikes, um, and then I uh, rode back with all the ice cream, and then I made them. Um, I put hand sanitizer on one's hand and I put hand sanitizer on all the wrappers. So hopefully that, that was enough, uh, to to avert the risk. I hope if not, I'm in trouble. Hey man, we, you know, what's funny is we, we got to figure out what we're going to talk about now that sports are really going to be over for the whole, I mean, like, you know, yeah, like we, like everything is pushed back to August at the earliest. And, uh, yeah, I think we just live, Live talk some NBA TV. It's oh no, you know thing. what we got it. We have left. We have uh the draft Tom is gonna week. We have the draft. The yeah. draft. Uh we're gonna do the, the Zoom draft. So it'll be interesting to yeah. see how this plays itself out. Oh, uh, it's gonna be ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we have some we'll have jokes. We'll have jokes in yeah. the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. No, we got we we've got a lot. I you know, the worst is the people who are the hot take people because they literally have nothing. And so <laughs> they're doing like choose any three, which three you're gonna get rid of. I'm like, like this is Weird. This is fun like a week ago. Now it's not fun anymore. So it was yeah. funny. <laughs> I, did, even, I didn't no. even see the Rex Riot thing because I didn't even realize ESPN was having shows on the on the air. All I saw it because it came on Twitter. Someone tweeted it. It was pretty bad. Yeah. It's it's a crazy time. So like yeah. It's crazy. So all right, man. Well, let's wrap it up here, man, and uh say you know, we'll we'll chat in a week or so and uh we'll be yeah, back. We're coming back, everybody. We're, we're coming, coming back. back. We're coming back. We're We've coming got time. Back. You've got time. We've got time. I so. we got two more weeks in my semester, then I got I just gotta, you know, teach my kids in the morning and then boom. Exactly. We got time. All right. All right, man. Peace. Peace.